to read the Bible. I know we've been talking about reading the Bible and um, just kind of periodically talking about, I don't know, having a class of some sort to teach people to read how to read the Bible or how to read the Bible or, or just discussing amongst ourselves on how to read the Bible and um, something that as believers we might take for granted that we've never been taught to read the Bible or that we've self-taught ourselves the wrong way for a long time or we know how to do it and there's a lot of people that don't that need to be shown how that aren't shown but uh, so it got me thinking in that aspect not so much the wrong ways but I found the wrong ways interesting um, almost controversial the three wrong ways that it says to read the Bible are to read the Bible as a toolbox um, and for instance, a toolbox would be examples they're giving like the Bible, you know, how you go into almost any bookstore and see how to read the Bible and lose weight, how to read the Bible and save money. Yeah. What does the Bible say about relationships? What does the Bible say? Right. And it's not that the Bible doesn't have a lot to say about living a fulfilled life, um, or it's not a good instruction book, but it's saying that, that that's not the important part of the Bible. We shouldn't read it, read it solely as a toolbox for these self-help guides. Um, number two is the Bible as a science book. Um, it was, and then uh, I'll talk about that in a second. And then the Bible as a easy answer book. Um, and that was kind of the most interesting one. Just it was going into the black and white of the Bible and how people say, by saying the Bible is an easy answer book, is saying it's black and white. Um, God wrote it, I believe it, and taking it literal. Um, that settles it. That's the end of that sentence. Yeah, yeah. Right. Um, and that, and them coming out and saying that's not the way to read the Bible. Um, so I thought we'd just talk about those three things and just reading the Bible in general and um, kind of open it up. Um, but the, I think the first one or the last one, uh, God is a, or the Bible as an easy answer book is probably the most interesting. God wrote it, I believe it, and the Bible being literal, um, that kind of have some questions myself about that. Is it saying that, I mean, I know you haven't read the article, but is it saying that we can't take the Bible literal? Like, that's not a good thing to do, to take it literal or to not take all of it literally or to know, I mean, how would you, basically, how do you know what to take literal and what not? Can you answer that? Um, 
in my mind, it comes down to what, what do you mean by taking it literally? Because that's where I think people make a mistake. Uh, do you read a particular version of the Bible in English? Uh, let's remember that it wasn't written in English. But if you read a particular version, you know, King, King James Version, for example, and I use that not because, not at random, but because there are some people that believe that the King James Version of the Bible in English is the only correct English translation of the Bible and can be taken literally. So let's use that as our example. When you read it, does that mean that you are getting a full and complete understanding of what the scriptures are trying to say? Um, I don't think you can do that. I, if you think that you can pick up any version in English, King James or not, and read it and fully understand exactly what the author intended or what God was conveying, I would say you're wrong. Um, and uh, for a number of reasons, but perhaps the most obvious one is that it wasn't written in that language. And by the time you translate it, there's issues. There's issues with translation. The translation is a process that filters information from one person through the mind of another person. And so no matter how objective you are, there is an element of that subjectiveness that creeps into it. And so just at the outset, I would say, if we're not reading the Bible in the original language, then you have to automatically assume that you're not getting the full and complete answer. And then if you try to read the Bible in the full language, you have the problem of it being written a long time ago with a different cultural mindset and a different understanding than we have today. So even if you were to take it in the original language, it becomes very difficult to read it the way that it was originally intended. Because if you want the true literal meaning of it, you have to know what was meant when it was written, not what was meant today, right? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's our problem. Now, having said all of that, that doesn't mean that we can't get truth out of it. Right. Obviously, I... I value the Bible and I think it's important, but I also think that just understanding the limitations that we have in approaching it is a good place to start. Yeah. I know too that <clears throat> all it takes is just walking around with your eyes open to see that God doesn't really paint things in two colors, black and white, you know. There's there's really no part of our world anywhere that's black and white except for black and white photography and that's because of the limitation of the lens to see it which I think is a great metaphor for the Bible you know reading the Bible God is so creative that he paints in all colors you know and even if it were black and white it would be grayscale with you know a billion different shades of black and white and so I, I approach the Bible knowing that that God is creative he's so creative that he wanted to take the the word that he wants to speak to the hearts of mankind and gave it to 66 dif different authors over you know thousands of years so that they might be able to really capture the heart and the intent of what God wants to say to mankind so with that in mind you know the way I look at the Bible the way I read the Bible is Lord I want to hear what you want to say to me right now and I believe that I can open up the Bible and start reading. And the Holy Spirit will lead me into truth. It will lead me into what God wants to say to me right then. Yeah. Um, you mentioned the King James Version of the Bible and how a lot of people believe that it's the most 
relevant or the most Correct. accurate yeah, version of the Bible in the English language. Um, and I actually had some friends a while back that were old school Southern Baptists that used to make fun of me because I would use other Bibles not knowing or caring what they said. But um, I just remember their their uh, allegiance to the King James Version. And I haven't really run into that then, but uh, or since then I have never run into that. But um, it always made me wonder um, just what do you, I mean, do we have, as a church, do we have a preference of version of the Bible? I mean, do you have anything to say about the different versions that there, because there's so many that are out there? Uh, everything is just a preference, to be honest, when you're talking about the Bible in English. Um, there are ones that attempt to be more word for word. What was the Hebrew or Greek word? What's the equivalent English word? And they translate that way. Um, the NASB or the King James attempts to be more word for word. And then there are those that try to be thought for thought, where they say, what was the author in attempting to convey and how do we say that in in our modern day language and they put it that way and the extreme example would be like the message which is essentially a paraphrase because it's so it's so um, different than than any other translation and then you've got on a sliding scale you have things like the new living translation that attempts to do that and the niv although the niv you could argue is more in the middle ground they take thought for thought and word for word depending on the situation and when what they're translating so it's kind of like a sliding scale and it comes down to preference what 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 is accessible to you and what do you like i happen to like the nasb version because from what i've read and from what i've studied and what i've been told it has the best it does the best job of translating the old testament hebrew into modern english most accurate job. It doesn't do the best job with the New Testament Greek, but I happen to like reading the Old Testament, and I and so I appreciate that version of it. But it's a it's a preference, and actually, I would argue that it's a better translation than the King James, simply because that version, since it was commissioned by King James back in what the 14th or 15th century, I forget when it was. That version has remained more or less unchanged since then, but in the meantime, we've discovered a lot of manuscript evidence that has helped to refine our translation of the Bible. And so the more modern translations are arguably better than the King James because they're using a greater amount of data to, to do their translating process. All right. We're getting smarter as time goes by, so yeah, obviously... Well, it's obvious better. to me. It's not obvious to, right. to everybody, to the traditionalists who who believe that the King James Version was inspired by the Holy Spirit along with those earlier translations. Or if not smarter, we're at least accumulating more data. <coughs> yes. That kind of makes us smarter than Yeah. Oh, no, I guess it doesn't make smart. Okay. I don't know. Chicken or the egg. Um, <laughs> yes, we're, we're not... We're not saying that we're smarter than they were. If they had the same data as us, they could come to the same conclusions, but... Yeah, oh, yeah, I guess. But because of the data, we're smarter. <laughs> <laughs> You're a smart guy, John. We've seen further than most. It's because we stood on the shoulder of giants. Yes. I, that's what Isaac Newton said. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> um, there is something interesting about the second one that I was reading, the Bible, 
to the wrong way to read the Bible is to read it as a science book. And the guy, it was just a short paragraph, and it was a, the author of the story was saying, or the article was saying, how he had had basically had problems with Genesis of some sort. Um, or, he, or he quoted somebody that says, if you do not believe that the world is 6,000 years old, then you could you should throw away the first 11 books of the Bible or something like that. And basically, by saying do not read the Bible like a science book, he was saying, he, he said that the only thing that really, I don't want to say the only thing that's important, I can't remember how he worded it, but basically said the meat of it is the Gospels and that as long as you believe the Gospels or read the God, no, I don't want to say read the Gospels, but believe the Gospels, then everything would be fine. I don't know. Well, that's the story of Genesis, um, the creation story, the first couple chapters of the Bible, it really helps to illustrate this point about reading the Bible literally or not, and mm. the, both the, the benefit and the pitfalls of, of doing that. If your assumptions are that the Bible is black and white, that the Bible contains um, a literal account at all points of what's taking place, then you get into dangerous territory where if, if one piece of evidence were to undermine a, a particular thought, then your whole argument becomes compromised. Because either it's true or it's not. And so it's either all true or it can't, it can't be true. And that's one of the dangers that people get into in reading the Bible literally is that if something comes along to shake their faith on a particular point, then the whole thing comes into question. Mm -hmm. If, however, you are reading it, understanding that there's a little more gray than black and white, if you understand that we don't fully grasp everything that it's trying to say, and if you also read it understanding the way in which it's written, too, and that's why I like Genesis, because the Genesis account, especially in chapter 1, is very poetic. And when I read a poem, I understand, like if I were not in the Bible, if I were to pick up a poem that somebody has written, I would understand that I don't have to take everything as literally true. It speaks. A poem can speak truth using metaphors and similes and 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 language that helps to illuminate what's going on, without necessarily giving a, a true factual account. Now, because Genesis one is written in a very poetic style, you have to allow for that to help you understand what's being described. And so, with that in mind, I personally hold don't hold a very strict literal reading of those because I can see some gray in them. But because there's gray, my faith isn't shaken by scientific evidence that says that the earth is older than 6,000 years. My, my faith isn't undermined by that. It's able to incorporate that and say, well, yeah, I mean, it's kind of gray. I'm not sure exactly what it means. It does not change the salvation message of, of the Bible to right. my mind. Yeah, the same way with the book of Revelation. Right. You know, if you're going to adhere to the literal, literal stance, then you're going to get kind of messed up in the book of Revelation. Yeah. You got to read there. Yeah. Whereas if you look at it from the aspect of, you know, God wanted to communicate something to mankind, which he created, that was close to his heart for a reason. He wanted them to know how much he loved them. 
And, you know, when you look at it from that perspective, from that point of view, then a lot of those little details really don't matter as much. Yeah. You know, or they take on a lesser importance. It's only if you're, usually it's only if you're arguing with someone, <laughs> you know, you're arguing with them over some minutia because mm-hmm. you want to be right, which that's not at all God's message to, to his people that he loves. You have to be right all the time. Yeah. <laughs> that, yeah. That, you know. That's our own human we don't nature. Have to win. That's yeah, not I want to win, and I want I want to win. I want to be right all the time. It's my human nature, you know. But yeah, we have hundreds of denominations, and you know every flavor you could think of of a Christian under the sun, you know. So it's obviously there's some controversy. Well, there is, and and there are some even that say even just this discussion that we're having undermines the you know the the stance of the bible because we're saying that that it's not a clear description of right or wrong but i i don't think it is i don't i think it conveys principles that are universally true but it conveys them by telling stories of what happened and describing what characters went through now i'm not there are some that go to the other extreme and say well all of the bible is mythological it's all fabricated. It conveys truth, but none of it actually happened. It's just like Aesop's fables. It's a moralistic set of stories that help convey truth. Well, I don't go that far. I, when the Bible describes things in a historical sense, I read them as historical, and I believe and I trust in their historical accuracy. And in fact, in most cases, the Bible is vindicated by, by archaeological evidence, even when there isn't any for a long a long time and people begin to question is it true suddenly something will show up that helps to validate what the bible said so i read the historical parts of the bible as as historically accurate and true and i read the poetic parts as as poetically accurate and yeah. true and so on and my approach uh it's i'm not i didn't make it up you know i'm not a, a lone reader of the bible but but when you when you understand those that that know how to read the bible they say you've got to take its literary form into account and you have to take the socio-economic grammatical context that it was written in into account and from that you can glean something of the truth that was that was being conveyed so i like reading nt right because he seems to do such a good job of portraying that that thought and, and working his way through the Bible. I agree. He seems to know the context very well of, of how it was written and so can speak to the meaning of it based upon what was being communicated to the people at the time. And that's one. That's a mistake. It's not on the list. But a lot of people read it and think, well, this is written to me in the 21st century. Is that 21st century that we're in? Does that sound right? It's 2012. Uh, (laughs) This was written to me here and now. And I always say, no, it wasn't. It was written to somebody else a long time ago. Mm -hmm. And unless you understand what they were going through and what they were facing and how they were being dealt with, you won't understand what God was trying to convey. In the books that I read by N.T. Wright, that seemed to be like the one constant was that he was always saying you have to look at why it was written, who was it written to, and what time it was, and society and culture and what things were going on, and take all that into account. But he does such a great job of of explaining what was going on and stuff like that because, I mean, me personally, and how would I know? I don't know what's going on in 
Jesus times, you know. I don't know how things are lived. I mean, I even think, I know he doesn't do it anywhere near as well, but I, I like the way Rob Bell kind of describes stuff like that. Um, and Rob Bell actually, in his book, Velvet Elvis, he's, I think it was Velvet Elvis, he was saying how he come across a person that says, if you don't believe that the Bible was, or that the, that the world is created in six days, then you don't believe Jesus Christ died on the cross for you. And he came across a Christian that said that. And he went into saying, you know, like, hey, honestly, like, honestly, does it really matter what you believe about how the earth was created? Well, I mean, let's say hypothetically you believe something crazy, but you believe in the four Gospels. Is that going to stop you from, you know, living a God-filled life and showing God's love and, you know, and going to heaven? Yeah. And would your house collapse if one brick was removed from it? Right. I mean, not if it's well built. Yeah. (laughs) You know, and there's a danger to that line of thinking. And often that people fall into it purely because I would say it's simpler. It's easier to say, no, this is black and white. This is right. That's wrong. Yeah. And it's easier to order your life around it. Because but, you can order other people too when you well, think that way. Yeah. I mean, you, you develop a mindset that makes simple sense. Yeah. But unfortunately, you're, the way that you read it is not going to make simple sense to every person that you come yeah. across. And that's when it starts to become an issue. Well, can't you see it this way? Well, not really. Not really. And, you know, if we're not willing to allow for the same story to be read two different ways by two different people, if we, if we can't handle that, then, then we're mishandling the information. Yeah. And you've also got the... Uh for those people who take a view of, if you don't do this, then you'll never be able to be saved or whatever. You've got the proof text of the thief on the cross next to Jesus to point to. You know, in any conversation, you can say, well, you know, the thief on the cross who looked at Jesus and acknowledged he was the son of God. And then Jesus said, uh, today you'll be with me in paradise. You can almost use that to quench any argument about things need to be this way or that way. Mm -hmm. He said, in the same book by Rob Bell, he said, um, what would you do? And I always kind of shook my theology. How would you react if something that you believe in the Bible was proven wrong? Like, what, what would happen to your beliefs if it turned out that Mother Mary wasn't a virgin? And they could prove that. I mean, I'm not... He was saying, I don't know how they would, or just hypothetically, like, what would it do? Would that shake your faith? Would that, you know, completely make everything fall around you? And it says when you put things into a brick wall like that, or make your faith so black and white that you're allowing for things to be, you know, if that thing's removed, then that can make everything crumble, you know, so you have to take it in stride and, um... I don't know. It kind of made me think. It's one of those things. Rob Bell's really good at that. Coming up with those questions that make you think. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah, I I mean, my whole Christian experience is based on Jesus Christ as a person. You know, all man and all God. But... What he did, he came and he died on a cross for our sins. He came as the messenger from God, you know, to let mankind know that if you believe 
on the Lord Jesus Christ, you'll be saved. And so to me, that kind of becomes the foundation of, yeah. of that, you know, that house. That's, there's a bunch else. of bricks built on top of it, all these little things that I learned. But like, I love your guys' illustration of if you pull one brick out, is the whole thing going to fall down? Not if it's well made. And also to me, it's like, well, the foundation is there even if you take all the bricks away. You know, to stay with that same metaphor, if you take all the bricks away of every little truth that you learn and start piling them up, the foundation that Jesus Christ loves us, God loves us and cares about us. That's why my heart is turned toward him to simply love him. And I tend to look at things uh, less is more, you know, the simpler the better, distill it down to its simplest form. And it's that God loves us and gives us an opportunity to love him back. And I tell you too, the older you get, the more you, the less you're concerned with all the other little bricks. You know, it's fun to look at the bricks. It's it's fun to pile bricks up. It's fun to look at them and notice how different each one of the bricks are. And it's fun to make patterns with bricks. But in the end, you know, at the end of the day, to use a horrible, you know, overused statement, at the end of the day, the bricks don't matter as much as the foundation that God loves us and gives us an opportunity to love Him. You know. Yeah. Bless the Lord, oh my soul. Oh, my soul.